Hi, everyone, and welcome to another weekly live Q&A. Coach Michelle is with us. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good to be here. All right. How are things on your end? Good. Everything's going really well. How about you? Oh, all, all well, all well here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, before, I don't know exactly when, but we used to remember, we used to talk beforehand about like, oh, what are we going to talk about before we have some questions? Yeah. Now we don't do that anymore. So uh, we don't have anything particular to talk about, except saying to everyone who joined us, please answer, uh, check it, you know, let us know your questions. But um, yeah. I will just ask you, sure. how are things going coaching-wise, life-wise? How's everything with Coach Michelle these days? Yeah, everything's going really well. I just got off of a coaching call a little while ago, but everything, I think it's like a really busy time. I know you had mentioned at some point, we can sometimes have a bit of a summer slowdown which can even be a good sign because maybe that means people do better in the summertime a little bit, but I don't think we've really hit that yet. Cause I feel like I'm still really busy. So I don't know how you feel, but, uh, things have been busy in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my observation, actually, I was sort of paying attention to this last year mm -hmm. and my observation was that sort of like mid June, that's when I started to see like, oh, now we're going into summer mode. But it was it was very busy until mid-June last year. So I'm sort of expecting the same this year. And then, and then, and then September, things were starting to kind of get uh, busy again. So there is something about summer, I think. There's something about like, yeah. you know, maybe it's brighter. Maybe we, we're in more of kind of vacation mode. I guess some, somehow life seems to be a little easier during summer. Yeah, think? I think life is easier in every way during the summertime. So maybe that's what we're seeing reflected back. And I don't have any, if I think back to my own experience with insomnia, I can't pinpoint anything out the summer, but life is just better and easier, I think, during during that time. And I think it may be especially for, for you because you're, a, you know, you're yes. in Canada where it's, it can tend to be kind of uh, dark, and, dark and gloomy and cold, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, especially for, for Canadians out there, we get really excited about spring and summer because winter can be really long. It can be, you know, six, seven months. And by the end of it, you just, you've had it and you're ready for a little bit of sun. So even right now, it's spring here. It's beautiful. It's sunny, but it's actually cold, um, which I don't mind. I really like that. But I know a lot of people are a little bit like frustrated, like, come on, you know, it's, it's late May. Where is the warmth? So we're still waiting on it. All right. Well, ho hope it comes your way. Hope it comes your way, Michelle. And, and uh, yeah, with that said, I think we have um, some questions we can jump into answering. Uh, but firstly, Jennifer just says hi. Hi, hi. Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> hi. And Libby says the following. I find that sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, my brain will make a snap judgment about my chances of getting back to sleep. If it concludes my chances are bad, it's game over. And no amount of befriending wakefulness does any good. I feel like there's no rhyme or reason to when this happened. Is it just my brain holding on to fear? Question mark. Um, what do you think when you hear this, Michelle? Yeah. So first off, hi, Libby. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, this resonates a lot. I remember this used to, used to happen to me all the time. And I like how you describe it as this really very quick decision that the brain is making, because that's really what is what's going on. It happens very quickly. And I remember, you know, upon waking or just being awake past a certain time, the automatic story was, that's it. Like, that's it. I'm up for the, the night. 
all hope is lost and it would go there very, very quickly. That's what my mind would be telling me. And then sure enough, I would be up for the whole night. So it almost felt like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. And I think, you know, Libby, you mentioned this fear part of things. Absolutely, right? Our brain is scared of this happening. And then when it looks like, oh God, it could be happening, it just goes right there and it tells us this is happening. This is going to happen again. This is what this, it's going to be horrible. It goes into all those stories. And I think that, you know, the challenge is starting to notice that, which you already have, which is really great. And also starting to see it as this is a story that my mind is telling me. This isn't reflective of the truth. So what your mind is doing is it's pulling from the past and it's bringing it into the present moment and even imposing it on the future, right? This is what's going to happen for the rest of the night or tomorrow. And so just starting to see that okay, this is the story that my mind has been creating for me, maybe for a long time. And so it's happening really quickly because it's coming from this, this scared place. But that doesn't mean that we have to believe that story. And so I, I think you're actually ahead of the game by having the awareness of like, I see what my mind is doing. It's creating this really quickly. And I think it's because of fear. And so the next step is and keep that awareness going on, but then challenge yourself to start to see it for what it is, which is just your mind telling you a story that you can choose not to believe in the moment, um, even if it feels really convincing. And sometimes you might even want to meet this with, you can even talk to that story or talk to your mind a little bit of like, ah, okay, there it is. I just had my sleep story happen, or I just had the fear story happen, whatever makes more sense to you. And that's you know what, that's just a thought, that's just a story, and that's not something that I need to believe. And see if you can then, after you do that, kind of redirect your attention a little bit. If you're laying in bed, what does it feel like to lay in bed, right? What does it feel like to be on your pillow? And you might find that comes back around again, you know, and just, no, it's really bad, you know, you're, it's gonna be up for the whole night, that's okay, let it, let it come back around again, that's what it does but you have the choice whether or not you really want to believe it, engage in it. And um, I know that sounds a lot easier said than done, but that's because everything is really a practice, right? The more we practice it, a little bit, it'll get a little bit easier. Uh, and over time, you might, you might see your brain is creating that story just a little bit less and then a little bit less because you're not as highly engaged in it over time. So that's my first thought around that. Yeah, you... And yeah, I was smiling because you said that was my first thought, but you shared like actually. I know. Nice, nice that's, it's so true. That's why I say that because I realize I've just gone on way too long. <laughs> so I go, well, how can I, how can I walk it back a little bit by pretending that I didn't go on for way too long, and hope that nobody notices that I did. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. And, and yeah, I, I have very little to add except this. This is one little thing that I think is interesting to add to this, which is. If we imagine that our brain makes this like snap judgment, like Libby called it, oh, I'm going to be up all night. It can seem like that happens, that it was because that snap judgment happened that we were up all night. But in fact, mm -hmm. if that snap judgment happens and we're just like, I'm going to be up all night and we're sort of like, oh, maybe, you know, we, we, we don't we don't resist that. Then we then we'll probably fall fall asleep really soon. So it's kind of like the snap, snap judgment happens, it, but we don't actually accept the snap judgment. You're like, no, but that can't be true. I have to do something about it. Well, it's that we engage with it. But in fact, if that's, if we just said the snap judgment, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Nothing would happen. 
So just a little. Um, yeah, I like what you just said. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, right? hey, maybe, maybe not. That's another really great way to, to greet it. Yes. Right? Because I almost think that if you go in the other direction of, well, no, that can't happen. Then there's like the, the fear of like, oh, this can't happen. I'm trying to prevent this horrible thing from happening as opposed to just the, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very well said. Um, all right. Let's, let's do things a little bit differently. We'll just kind of randomly choose some questions today. So here is Andrea who says, hello, guys. So I have this problem. Even though I sleep much better now, I still have this fear feeling most of the days, mm. especially when I'm traveling. Then I got so scared that I will never sleep. You have, have any good advice on this topic? What do you think, Michelle, about this one? Yeah, this reminds me a lot of, oh, I'm hearing that echo again, turn my volume a little. I know, fingers crossed. Um, so this reminds me of that, what I used to refer to as the period of in my insomnia that I used to refer to as the truce. And this was about a year before I actual, actually stumbled on your channel um, and, and your work. And I was sleeping. I was sleeping better than in the previous years that I was struggling. Um, and But I was still terrified. I lived with so much fear and sleeping more and you've talked about this sleeping more does not necessarily you know lead to your insomnia yeah. yeah exactly and that's what kind of that was my experience and so for me at that time it felt like okay i am sleeping more than before and it felt like standing at the edge of a cliff that i could go down at any point in time and it felt like i had a truce with my insomnia because i felt like okay i'm doing all these things Therefore, I have to continue to do all these things or possibly even more things and do them perfectly in order to maintain and protect whatever I have now. That was my perception. And so with all of this, the fear was still very much alive with it. And I was still really focused on insomnia as, you know, this, this physical problem that was happening. Um, so part of it could be being in that mind space a little bit, but also to know it's just very possible to be in this spot. And, you know, what really helped me the most was one under really understanding and getting the education around what insomnia is, what's really going on. But even then the fear doesn't then just go away overnight because we understand things. And a lot of the times if it's still there in a really big way, after we do have that understanding sometimes it means that we're not really facing it right we're not really facing it maybe we're still doing a lot of things to avoid that fear um, on a night-to-night -night basis or also during the day um, because inevitably we do need to go through a process of actually facing that fear and changing our relationship to that fear to that insomnia and starting to move through the experience differently in a way that can actually help our brain stop being so afraid. So that was that was my first. Again, that was my yeah, first no, thought. Only my first thought. I'm going to keep that's really really well said. It's going to be my thing today. <laughs> yes, I'm going to ask you for your first thought on everything. My first. So, uh, I was just going to add, Andrea, that um, what you're describing is it's very very common. Nothing strange or unusual that can also help to know. And then and then just tagging along one thing about to what you said, which I've been thinking about lately haven't really created content or, or uh, on or, or like worked more on, but it was actually Samela, one of our uh, coaching uh, students who, who mm -hmm. said that sometimes she, she, she identified that. I don't know if she talked about herself or other people, 
mm-hmm. can be tuned into, uh, you know, educational content like ours about, let's say, you know, anxiety and, mm-hmm. and, and keep hearing the message that, you know, it's about like facing the fear, don't walk away from it, you know, and, and all mm-hmm. these things. And as they're listening, it can seem like we are then facing the fear, but we're actually not. We're just hearing yeah. the message that we should over and over again. Yep. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just like a little parallel in my life is like I, I, I got into like playing chess online over the past like year and a half. And then there's like this one YouTuber who I love his content. He's so funny and it's it's educational, but it's educational too. And I'm not getting better at chess if I'm honest. Because <laughs> I'm just, it's just fun. And then sometimes I think like, oh, I'm learning this new move, but I'm not really because I'm not actually putting the work in studying it and actually doing it, right? So yeah, it's also in my mind. What do you think, Michelle? I, I'm nodding so emphatically because I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of people can get a little bit stuck in that uh, where they will kind of think that the education part or like the learning or I'm listening to the videos, that that's the same thing as doing the internal work with themselves, as facing the fear, as actually putting the education into action and so that could be the missing part because if let's say you're only listening to the videos or doing an education component, but you're not actually implementing it, then you'll continue to feel that fear and to feel quite stuck, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's nice. We should we should talk more about this. It feels like a nice, really nice topic. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's check in with um Puya, who's here. Puya said, Hi. Hi now. I'm still going through frequent peeing at night like throughout the night mm-hmm. i try to hold it in but can't do i get up throughout the night and end up yep. not falling asleep at all and it's morning i can comment on this one first and then and then uh we can get your first thoughts on this uh <laughs> michelle and i mean i don't mind lying down on bed throughout the night if i get proper rest but just getting up again and again yeah so of course always like no medical advice here uh anyone who's concerned about mm-hmm. your health talk to your doctor uh, but with that said, um, the like frequent peeing is very, very, very common. And uh, I, I remember reading about it in Claire Weeks's work. She talks about this as a common sign of us being anxious. And and that was it was it's always nice when you've observed something and somebody else is like, yeah, this is very common. It, like confirms that uh, you know what you observed is is true. And so I think it can really help to to understand why this happens. And to me, it's it's sort of like. It can be a little tricky because on one hand, we can see that when we are um, in this kind of, we're scared, we're in this fight or flight mode, we, will, we won't be eating, for example, because that doesn't make sense. If we're trying to run away from a grizzly bear, we're not going to sit there and eat, right? So, but why do we, why, why are we peeing a lot when we're anxious? It sort of doesn't make sense because also if you're running away from something, we, we're not supposed to stop and pee, right? So it's kind of like, why does that happen? And to me, it's almost, it's sort of like, I think peeing is something that we often do in preparation. Uh, you know, for example, before I go on a call with a client or something, I often feel like, oh, I need to pee before this. I didn't need to. It's sort of like, I think something we, our Me body too. does when it's like, yeah. something is about to happen, let's be prepared for it. Yeah. And I think that's what, ha- what happens at night too in the context of insomnia is that our brain is like, oh, there's going to be this fight, this struggle, this battle is going to happen. Best mm-hmm. be prepared for it. And it's like, you better go pee, even though we don't really need to. But then, and then we do, and then it's kind of some relief, right? Okay, now I did that, now I'm prepared, but then the signals come back again. Oh, but now I care somebody, you better be prepared for it. And then we can do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. It can be that's the recurrent thing. And so, and I think just understanding this is so helpful because when we think something is wrong, something doesn't make sense, that's so tricky. But we're like, oh, this is just, you know, part of my brain, like doing safety things. That's so helpful. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to add here is like, 
if we sort of go towards like, no, I'm not going to be, I'm going to hold it in. There's some effort, some resistance there. We're trying to yeah. push, push, push back against kind of our, our, our thoughts, our emotions and everything, right? Our sense signals from our brain. So oftentimes as, as odd as it sounds, I think it may be more helpful to say like, oh, I feel like I'm going to pee. Okay. I'm going to pee. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I need to go pee again. Okay. I'm going to pee again. And, and then we're like, we're not, we're leaving this resistance to struggle, this like fight. And then things go become more and more peaceful. But um, yeah. those are my thoughts. How about uh, you, Michelle? Do you, do you get this question sometimes or what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is something that will come up. And like you said, it's the brain doing a bunch of safety stuff. Stuff. That's a great way to put it. Uh, and I had this myself throughout my insomnia and it scared me. Uh, there were several times I thought, well, maybe it's a UTI. Maybe it's a uh, you know, a never ending UTI, like what is going on? It's very confusing. There's not a lot of information out there on this. And like you said, it's really a hyper arousal symptom. And I like you use the example of jumping on a call. I have that too, by the way, almost every call, like what? Okay. Um, I remember just in the past going to job interviews, I would always leave a space right before I needed, like wherever I was going, I would plan 10 minutes because I always would need to find a bathroom and be like, I would call it the nervous pee. This is like something I have to do. So really common around this and viewing it that way, way and knowing what it is can be really helpful because I remember being scared around this symptom as well. And I also remember trying to not allow myself. I would try to go into the night and saying, okay, no, not tonight. We'll do this once. We're not going to do this seven times or whatever it was and trying to prevent it. And it created a lot more stress because when you're in that, phase and you're having this symptom, it is, it's hard to control. It's very uncomfortable. And you're basically trying to not listen to your body and repress it. Whereas in the moment, your body's like, I need to do this. And so when it's coming from, you know, uh, the cause that we're talking about, it's really helpful to listen to your body and just allow that symptom to be there for a little while, while knowing it's not a permanent state um, and that it tends to, that symptom tends to start to decrease as hyperarousal starts to decrease, um, as well as the system starts to calm down a little bit. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So contextualized yeah. Michelle. Uh, and yeah, with that said, let's, uh, let's check in. Oh, so, oh, here. Interesting. Just to randomly see that Shannon says, uh, oh, this is, sorry. I, I thought there was a reference to what, uh, Puyo said, but let's, let's check in with Thomas then. Uh, and knowing that Shannon has had the same experiences as Thomas, but not knowing what Thomas actually experienced, we'll, we'll look in here. Uh, Thomas says, I have a question. My anxiety around sleep decreased a lot, but two weeks ago, I read a story about someone who had all the education from you and Martin, but did not get better. Since then, my brain is constantly trying to convince me that I will end up like that mm -hmm. and struggle for the next years, even with the right education. The annoying part is that I already was much better, but just reading this increased my anxiety so much again. How can I get more self-belief in my ability to get better without comparing myself? Very insightful uh, question here. Um, what do you think, Michelle, when you hear this? Your first yeah, thought. The, the comparison game is almost never helpful, um, but I know that it's it's a really common pitfall that people can fall into. And I know one of the most common things I hear from clients, especially at the beginning, is they might say, well, I believe that this works for other people, but probably not for me, right? That I'm going to be somehow the only one that doesn't get better. 
Um, and so that, you know, and then they, they can go into this comparison much more easily. And you might hear one thing about somebody who didn't and go, oh gosh, that's going to be me. And I think part of it is just knowing it's normal for your mind to do that when you're in these kinds of stress states and you are in the process of recovering from insomnia. It's again, like there's still going to be, even if anxiety is better, maybe it's still a little bit elevated. There's still some fear, right? Your nervous system is still kind of on alert. And so it's really normal for sort of that the brain is still scanning for these threats all the time. And so it saw that and it went, oh, that's a threat. Let me alert you of that and went through that whole process. And while we may not have much control of what our brain is going to see as a threat, we have so much influence over then what we do next, what comes after that point. And I think that's really where our well, our influence and agency lies is how we're going to start to either choose to believe that, choose how are we going to respond to that. Um, and, you know, when you're in a state where maybe you're early on in recovery, you might want to actually limit the amount of content you're taking and that causes these comparisons to happen. Um, just in the short term, if you notice like, oh, I'm constantly comparing myself, you know, in this particular support group I'm in or whatever it might be, it can be helpful to just limit that a little bit. Um, but mostly just seeing it for what it is that your brain is still scanning for threats. There's still some fear there. And as that fear comes up, you could also use it as a reason to practice moving through that fear and being with that and noticing, okay, that's just, that's just the thought pattern that my mind's creating because it's scared about this topic still, and that's okay. Um, as opposed to believing it and kind of going down that whole path of, oh no, I'm going to be the one that's stuck. Um, so our, we have, we have a lot of influence when it comes to what we, what we believe. And so I think it's kind of exercising that part. That's my one thought on that, Daniel. <laughs> the one thought. From Michelle, hashtag, the one th no, uh, yeah, now I'm going to add my, my one, but no, but, um, it's, uh, Thomas, uh, you know, sorry to hear this of course, but thanks for sharing it. And I want to say that, uh, a nice thing here is that Thomas has already experienced that. Uh, you know the, yeah. the, the you know the magic the magical moment which is that when we're no longer trying to sleep or or deploying effort like it just happens yeah. by itself right and then now this other person who says oh i have all the education from here from martin but i'm still not sleeping well it, you know what we're not seeing clearly there i think is that uh, sleep has no requirements that peaceful sleep has no requirements mm -hmm. peace of mind has no requirements we don't need education to sleep well or to feel peace of mind. But when we think, oh, if not even this can fix it, then mm -hmm. what can fix it? Again, missing the point. So that is, the, there's nothing that needs fixing. And it, it, like all the education, and I, I believe this is very true for what Martin says or what we says, really the education is there to, to um, all the education really boils down to that there's nothing required. We don't need to do anything. And when we see it in that, in that uh, light, then we can then we can also see that oh, thinking that education should make us sleep or something like that is just it's not really correct. So I think again, it just highlights that there's nothing really here to, yeah. to that, that that you know predicts anything. Something like that is what yeah. I, mean. I I really like because um, I I was thinking it and forgot to say it. So I love when that happens, and then you go and say it. I'm like yeah. good. Um, how you said what's so great is he already had the experience of being on the path of feeling so much better sleeping better, all of it. 
And so he already has the experience of knowing that it comes like from within us essentially. And so I think that's, that's more powerful than anything. Um, and I can't remember his name, Thomas, his name, Thomas. So Thomas, that's the most important part is it, that it, you know, whether it's Daniel Martin, you could name any practitioner out there. Right. But really you had the experience that it was from you and you already know what led to that. And so kind of seeing if you can come back to that and just, I think is the, that's the powerful part of things for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice when you working with somebody or you have somebody like, you know, like Thomas, who's just coming, yeah. who's already experienced that magic. It's, it's, yeah. it's really nice and helpful. Yeah. It's kind of irreplaceable, right? That felt experience. And once you start to go through it, it things do start, start, start to shift um, with people and they go, Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and now like just quick little thing to add on to that is like for anyone who's tuning in here saying like, well, I, I haven't had that magical moment. I haven't experienced that. Well, in some way we can, we can find like a little sort of like a mini version of it. We, we can all find that that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you have a, a lot of struggle sleeping, but at some night it's a little easier and that that when it's a little, little easier that's also magic that's that also doesn't come from force or effort or control it comes from the opposite it comes from letting go so even kind of like the mini yeah. mini glimmers and glitters that's that's also a little magic that we can you know lead us to more and more yeah, of it right definitely. all right so yeah we'll conclude there it's uh thanks uh, everyone for tuning in thanks so much michelle for being here again and uh we'll do this again soon hear your right. first thoughts again soon thanks for having me see you next time everyone okay Bye-bye. Bye.